So welcome to the Praxis Behind the Obscure podcast. And today I have a very special guest. I have Jonas over from the Energy Flow channel. Um, he specializes in breathing techniques and um, working with energy. And actually, I recently found out about him because I'm taking one of his courses that he organized through, uh, through his website. And uh, it's with uh, Lama Gwen Mullen about six yogas of Naropa. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that today. But uh, anyways, just to start off, can you introduce yourself to the listeners and you know, how you got into these uh, esoteric practices and energy work and things like this? Hey? Yeah, so uh, thank you so much, uh, Ryan, for uh, the interview. And yeah, so about myself, um, I'm originally from Germany, but living now since the beginning of last year, like shortly before the first <laughs> lockdown in Ireland uh, with my girlfriend. And yeah, actually, my parents were Buddhists from uh, before I was born already, like about a year ago before I was born, they became Buddhists. And uh, so I kind of grew up in a Buddhist family and a Buddhist environment. And uh, yeah, I touched Buddhism and uh, yeah, quite early in my life, especially the Vajrayana, the Tibetan Buddhism, I had a contact with quite early in my life. Um, I was reading also Milarepa's life story when I was 10 or 11. And from that time, this was also the first uh, connection with the six yogas because uh, when I read his biography, I knew like, wow, yeah, this two more, this I, I want to learn that, I want to practice this in the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it caught you from a really young age, right? Yes, yeah. Oh, okay. Is, is the Buddhism, is that uh, very common, especially like Vajrayana, is that common in Germany or is it sort of just your family you happen to be um, you know, into it or something? I, I think it's quite big in Germany uh, compared actually to other Western countries. Uh, also yes. compared to the US, uh, many of the bigger cities really have huge uh, sanghas from the different Buddhist schools. Um, yeah, of, of course, it, it is still a, a big minority kind of compared to other religions, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's quite widespread in Germany. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. So you got really into it from then, and then it seems like you kind of like started, because um, on your website you have like Qigong and all these other systems, so from there, like uh, you just sort of never really stopped exploring and practicing, or is there a period like from a young age until now that you stopped, or has it pretty much been like a constant exploration, would you say? Uh, more or less a constant exploration, so I would say yeah, so the, the first contact with Buddhism was uh, quite early, but then, of course, in the youth, there were other things much more interesting than uh, medi learning meditation. But uh, <laughs> kind of after, <laughs> after a couple of years of uh, smoking too much hashish, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it came back. Failures yeah? uh, yeah. <laughs> practicing uh, karma mudra failures <laughs> without the things. <laughs> okay, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. yeah, actually, I found out about you through, as I mentioned in the introduction, through the uh, Glenn Mullen class, right? So um, I'm curious, how did you, you know, why did you decide to organize this class? And um, maybe you can introduce the listeners, because uh, this podcast has a lot of different topics. We go into Western esotericism, Eastern <laughs> esotericism. So for the people who are not, you know, uh, that knowledgeable, perhaps about, you know, Vajrayana and Tibetan Tantra, can you explain a little bit about like the six yogas in general and then why you decided to make this sort of mega course with, uh, with Glenn Mullen, Lama Glenn Mullen? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, 
Yeah, so while also, um, as you mentioned, exploring other things and also teaching other things like the Qigong and uh, just breathing in general, mm -hmm. uh, th there was always this big fascination from my side for the Vajrayana Buddhism and of course the six yogas. Mm -hmm. And I think also especially Tumo has a quite, gained quite some popularity in the West, like uh, the Wim Hof Method is very famous and mm -hmm. I mean, kind of unfortunately many people associate the Wim Hof Method with Tumo, even though it's kind of quite different things yeah mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah however uh, so it, it gained a lot of popularity and um, the, the thing is just also in the way i, I was practicing uh, in the kamakachi school of tibetan buddhism for oh. more than 10 years very actively but there also the six yogas or tumor was never taught like oh interesting. Uh, okay is, yeah. that, is that not a part of uh, the kamakagi lineage is that not a thing really uh Traditionally, yes. The thing is just that uh, they stick still to a very um, Tibetan way of teaching and then in Tibet or a monastic Tibetan way of teaching where okay. one wouldn't get access to the teachings uh, quite easily. Like you mm -hmm. would do a lot of preparation, which yeah, right. in a modern lifestyle can take years of practice. And right. then maybe one will be introduced to something Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. also in general, it's quite hard to find uh, authentic teachers. Mm. Yeah, like when we, when we look on YouTube, we find uh, dozens oh. of videos, a tumor breathing, this and that, and a couple of thousand views. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. sort of more uh, new agey and not, uh, you know, not really rooted in the tradition, perhaps, right? Totally, yeah, and completely out of the context of... Uh, but what are some aims for yeah, the enlightenment aspect is completely left behind. <laughs> right, right, without any mention of bodhicitta or taking refuge or the whole meaning oh. of the practice or mm -hmm. uh, the foundations and preliminaries and what have you, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, so uh, it, it was actually not long ago that uh, my girlfriend and me, we met the uh, Lama Glenn. It was... Uh, Kind of towards the end of last year, um, also I did a, what is called anandro, the preliminary practices, this uh, prostrations, vashrasatra, mandala offerings, guru yoga, and like in the traditional way, one would do 111,000 repetitions of each of these exercises. Right, 111,000, that's right. It's a lot, yeah. Uh -huh. It is a lot, yeah. I, I mean, people who are quick, they can do it in a year or so. Uh -huh. And I know, but even if people are in retreat, it takes like six months and they meditate wow. the whole day. But I personally needed eight years. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> so it was wow. a, a, a long time of practicing that kind of. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I went on with the practice that was given in the Kama Country School I was practicing with, um, which is a, uh, used as a Yidam practice, but it's actually a guru yoga on the eighth Kama path. But when I started doing that, like I did it in for three months and every day, and I just noticed like this is not what I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> this is right, right, right. line with me. Yeah, and right. uh, so it's very much the opposite of like uh, what Ronald Glenn. He kind of, you know, they he he goes over a lot of the preliminaries and the um, like generation stages and things like that. But he also throws in the completion stage and you know working through actual the tantric practices, right? Rather than like, you know, like you said, like your, your approach initially was more of the opposite, like total focus on the, you know, the Vajrasattva and the Nagundra and things like this. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. 
Uh, but but it wasn't not because it was made like the, the choice. If I, if I would have had the, <laughs> the choice already earlier, I would have gone for the six yoga straight away. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I, I would definitely not recommend to to do a nandro uh, if one has the chance to do six yogas or two more. Yeah, then of course one should go for that. I would say now. Yeah, but at that yeah. time I didn't have the access. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, after I noticed with eight up practice, that's not what I want to do. Like I started to look around a little bit what's out there. And uh, as mentioned, the Tumo Six Yogas was always very fascinating to me. And so I came across Lama Glenn and he was giving a teaching at the beginning of this year. Okay. Um, uh, like a smaller sessions. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so kind of uh, Gosha, my girlfriend and me, we connected with him. We did some interviews with him, uh, had some chats back and forth. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so by, and we then started practicing according to his instructions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then was kind of the question simply um, right. would you be to, to, to give a teaching? Yeah, so to our students that we teach with uh, breathing and so forth. Sure. Um, sure. And sure. That, yeah, we can definitely uh, do that. Yeah. I mean, first he right. said, uh, not now, in a few months. And <laughs> so we had to approach. <laughs> I really enjoy them. I found him on YouTube a while back, you know, just, you know, browsing like on your channel and some other channels. I saw um, some of his lectures and presentations and things like that. And just he has such a um, very good teacher, but also just such a good sense of humor. And, you know, it's very uh, playful and light, which is uh, I kind of respect that in a teacher, right? Like he gets, you know, he teaches, but then it's also it's a fun, light, playful thing, right? And so that's, a, that's how he often explains like the Lamas in Tibet, they can be very like playful and light, you know, sort of like when you hear the Dalai Lama is very kind of, what would you say? You know, he doesn't take himself too seriously. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, right? Doesn't, not like I'm the guru on this pedestal and you, Jonas, you need to, you know, not this sort of condescending like vibe, I guess you would say, right? But um, okay, for like these, the six yogas, what is the ultimate like goal, would you say? These practices, we talk about tumor, the Vajrasattva, these preliminaries, guru yoga, what's the ultimate for someone listening that's interested, like what are these practices and what are the goals of these practices? Yeah, uh, so let's start with the goal. Yeah, the, the goal is enlightenment. And uh, actually the fascinating thing about, uh, about uh, yeah, what's really incredible about the uh, Vashwayana Buddhism, uh, the tantric Buddhism is, um, the enlightenment is very clearly defined as what it is like in many of this new age esoteric uh, teachings of course it's always talked about enlightenment but often if one asks more like yeah what is it and so on it's quite like mm-hmm. not so clear or everyone has a little bit different definition and yeah and with Vashwayana it's pretty clear uh, mm-hmm. these are teachings done by masters over the last hundreds and thousands of years uh, that simply work yeah and enlightenment um, is said to be the full recognition of one's own mind and mm-hmm. therefore also the mind of all sentient beings since ultimately there is no mm-hmm. no such mm-hmm. a thing as duality and right yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very broken down if you read the like the six yogas of naropa like the book some conference stuff it's very systematic too right like these are the stages this is what mm-hmm. you're going to see it's very um it's not, I mean, I guess it's abstract to some degree, but it's very organized, I guess you would say. And it's very, it's clear cut. It's like, yeah, this is what, you know, yeah. it's a, there's a roadmap, I guess you would say, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, there's a, a complete roadmap uh, to enlightenment, yeah, and to get sure. this full experience. And mm-hmm. yeah, as we also see, also nice to see with Lama Glenn, uh, enlightenment is said to be a highest joy, highest bliss. And 
right, the right. full development of the compassion and love we have uh, already inside in our us, but are often not so much in touch with you. Yeah? And right, so to fully uncover right. that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely the goal. And about the six yogas in particular, the special thing is that these are all completion stage practices. Mm -hmm. So in uh, highest yoga tantra, there's generation stage and completion stage. Mm -hmm. And this generation stage, it's more like we generate uh, the right sense for the highest wisdom, try, mm -hmm. to, try to understand uh, more yeah that things are not as solid as they seem to be yeah? because we think oh, my body is real the outside world is real but actually it's always changing yeah? our bodies were born they will get older and will die at some point yet we still treat them as real and mm -hmm. however it's a constant changing nature and so with generation stage we try to connect more to the subtle aspect of reality mm -hmm. and um, with completion stage, we then actually go into the direct experience of it. So I kind of right. have, would say like, yeah, generation stage is still like a kind of intellectual approach to an enlightenment, a mm -hmm. kind of intellectualized meditation, mm -hmm. while completion stage, uh, one is kind of thrown into the direct experience of conscious space, light, bliss, and right. it's kind of, yeah, it's hard. You, you can't, one can almost, uh, it's just happening. Uh, when doing tumor, it's a mechanism, it's just working and uh, uh, it works for everyone. Yeah, maybe different for everyone, but uh, uh, it's a natural mechanism yeah, to unite the energies in the body and to experience uh, mm -hmm. mind. Right, well, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. What would you say, like, uh, tumor, would you say that's similar to like Kundalini? Are there, are there, because um, like in, I studied, um, more like Hindu Tantra for a while, right? Kundalini yoga and things along these lines, right? And so uh, would you say there's a correlation there between like Kundalini, raising the Kundalini and also like tumor practices? Or is there quite a, I mean, the roadmap is different because the way you practice is different. The visualization is different. But uh, do you see correlations in those two things too? Oh yeah, definitely. And also even Lama Glenn often when he gives the more public talks, he just talks about Tibetan Kundalini when talking about tumor. Right, yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. I think they have a word too, isn't it? Like Chandalini or something like that. It's like a very similar word in Tibetan, right? Um, yeah, actually, the Tibetan word is the tumo, but it comes from the Sanskrit word uh, Chandali. Yeah. Ah, Chandali. Okay. Yeah, it's very similar indeed. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And of course, right. the, 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 the main principle is also from that to raise the energy that is residing for thing of it's below the navel and to raise that energy uh, in the body and through this getting also more insight into uh, absolute uh, or ultimate reality. Yeah? Definitely. Right, so. right, right, right. So for uh, some listeners might be more familiar with like, uh, like Raja yoga and, you know, or Hindu yoga, Kriya yoga and Hindu Tantra. And so this, this system, like the six yogas in Europa, these are all uh, Indian Maha Siddhas and it's sort of passed down. Um, so it is coming generally from the same tradition, but it's, made its way slowly like through Tibet and through the Buddhist tradition basically, right? So so in other words, like it had similar origins. For people who are listening, they might know a little bit more about the Hindu um, Hindu yoga traditions, right? And so uh, what would you say? Are, are you that familiar with that, that side as well? Have you studied a lot of like the Hindu um, yogas and things like this? Like the eight uh, lines of yoga, Raja yoga, the eight lines of yoga. Yeah, yeah. I didn't study them too much and also not too deep. 
Um, yeah, I, I know, for example, many uh, more Western or more historians like to say kind of that also uh, Tumo or the highest yoga tantras developed or they developed out of the tantric Hinduist practices. Mm -hmm. um, but Buddhism makes a clear distinction there. Yeah, the, the, the uh, lineages, yeah. Yeah, the teachings that have been passed down, they really say, um, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, the tantras were taught by the buddha himself yeah some even say also yeah buddha didn't they existed also before this buddha yeah then right, right, right. every couple of thousand years an enlightened being uh, a buddha a, an, an awakened one will show and they always uh, or not always but many of them teach the tantras right. and uh, so from a buddhist perspective it has, has a clear different source yeah mm -hmm. but of course i think uh, right I mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah the oral tradition is, uh, through, they say, through the Buddha, but as you mentioned, like it, it's existed before this specific Shakyamuni Buddha, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I would say, uh, just to share, like my experience is because uh, I've had more experience with other, you know, Western esotericism and um, mm -hmm. sort of, like I said, Raja Yoga, more of the Indian or Hindu yoga systems. But I would mm -hmm. say that uh, practicing the six yogas of Naropa, it's very number one, like I said, it's very organized and step by step, but the results are very fast. Like for example, practicing a little bit of the tumor and then also the, I think it's called the eight emptiness meditation where you dissolve the elements, you know, and uh, you melt the drops. You know, we've done that before and read, uh, read it in the books too. But uh, just doing these practices in a very short time, I'm able to get to these sort of deep, clear light experiences that it might take way longer doing another practice. Does that make sense? Like it's very, experience, I would say, yeah. Totally, and, and, and uh, yeah, it, it is a technology simply that is working, yeah, that it's not uh, just some imagination or some, mm -hmm. uh, some nice idea, yeah, as you say, uh, experiences happen very quickly, that's absolutely my experience as well, that for the enlightenment, ex enlightening experiences, uh, the six yogas, tumor is just so powerful, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, in your previous tradition, it was like, you had to wait so long, right? Do you think mm -hmm. that now in retrospect, do you think that um, do you think that it's like better for the student to wait, you know, many years and practice for a long time? Or do you think it's good to sort of take the approach where you mix? Because you experience both, right? What, what do you think is a uh, an appropriate uh, approach, I guess you would say? I think one should always go with what one feels aligned with. Yeah, for example, for me in the past, I simply didn't have access to the teachings. That's why I went this more gradual path. Mm -hmm. um, but if one has a chance to get access to the teachings of two more and six yogas, uh, I would definitely uh, recommend to do that. And um, because if it's not working, then this is this kind of the natural blockage or protection that people will then look for something else or something that is easier or more aligned to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if one can practice that i think definitely one should uh, go for it yeah oh for sure for sure yeah i think it's um i agree with what you said it's you should go with what you're aligned with but at the same time like if you're able to have these direct experiences i think it's a total game changer right like once you taste that direct experience it's much different than reading a hundred books and intellectualizing it right like you can do a lot of preliminary practice and have a little experience but I think I really enjoy combining, you know, the, the higher yoga tantras with the preliminaries because you have that experience and it's sort of, once you have that experience, it's like, it's, it's a game changer, right? It changes your whole perspective. And, um, I think it's more motivating in a way too, because you can see direct results versus 
maybe you know someday later or something like that right yes definitely um and also, I mean, uh, with the preliminaries, I think why they are so big in Tibet is simply because people had a lot of time and uh, those who were practicing were often practicing like uh, intensively the whole day and this for weeks, months or years. And then it kind of makes sense maybe to start slowly because like 10 hours of tumor a day might blow off one's head. <laughs> but like uh, the, the way we practice in the West also, um, yeah. We have 20 years of education and uh -huh. we usually have a work life. And so when we practice one, two hours a day, it's already quite a bit. Yeah. Sure. So, sure. Mm -hmm. so there have also, and ultimately every, for example, every, every type of, uh, proper, of proper meditation will purify also the mind and enrich the mind and have kind of these uh, preliminary aspects to it. Uh -huh. So I think, uh, the way we practice in the West, that's totally fine to start with the with these teachings. And I think that's also why Lama Glenn kind of is uh, compared to the Tibetans quite revolutionary. Yeah, even right. though he he learned learned all these traditional ways of doing, wrote more than thirty books, yeah, translated all these countless texts. Yeah, he kind of gives it quite openly, and I think that's a huge, huge gift and a precious opportunity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's a bit rare, right? There's not that many sources mm -hmm. that will instruct you directly you know to the higher yoga tantras definitely there are books and things like that but it's more rare to receive this sort of direct um teaching which yeah. is a lot more valuable you know mm -hmm. i would say for sure um what do you what do you think about uh, like we mentioned earlier like on youtube you can search tumor and there's a bunch of you know i guess, I guess you would say they're out of context maybe maybe not as accurate what do you think about people who um what do you think about just practicing the practice of tumor without the context without any sort of understanding of Buddhism or the preliminaries, do you think that has any value in itself? Or, you know, like uh, if you read some of the literature, it says it's like dangerous and you shouldn't do it out of context without you know, taking refuge. What, what do you think? Do you think there is any value in practicing Tumo without context? Yeah, I think, however, it's a very low value compared to what actual Tumo can give. And I think, yeah, because uh, if one just goes for the technical side of breathing and so forth or some basic visualization it mm -hmm. is definitely great for health no doubt about that and uh, so for one's energy that's truly very good but um, yeah it's definitely not linked to enlightenment and if people are not instructed in the right way what to look for how to kind of um, which attitude the mind should take on when practicing yeah, then I'm sure it also won't lead to enlightenment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. And so I think, yeah, there is some benefit. It's, uh, but yeah, more relative. Yeah, it's not the, the ultimate benefit. And yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, checking out like your website and stuff, you offer uh, various programs. I saw Qigong and I saw um, different different systems like Tibetan uh, breath yoga. I think it was called uh, Sa Lung or something? Is that right? Salung, yes, yeah. Oh, okay. So, what what is Salung? Can you can you share a little bit with the listeners? What is that? I'm not familiar actually, so it's new yeah. for me. Okay, I'm curious myself. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So you actually just learned also a bit of the Salung with uh, Changbula and Lama Glen. Okay. Uh, because uh, Tsa means is a Tibetan word for channel, and Lung means energy. So mm -hmm. it's a channel energy work, mm -hmm. and. Um, these are uh, breathing techniques that always, or, or often then also use different movements uh, combined with uh, breathing. Mm -hmm. 
So one would take a deep breath, hold also the vast breath, and then do certain particular sequences of movements in order to open up the energy channels of the body and to through this also to enhance one's uh, meditational practice. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, and it is quite unique compared to Indian pranayama. Yeah, there's definitely quite some difference there. And uh, so I've never seen uh, exercises like the Tsalung anywhere else outside of a Tibetan um, source, yeah, where mm -hmm. it comes from. And uh, so it's uh, taking in the breath and moving uh, parts of the body, basically, or holding it in parts of the body. Yes, that, that's exactly it, yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and so, so it's also the, the preparation for tumo. Like one of the preparation exercises one would do before one's main tumo practice is definitely the tsalong. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So as I mentioned, like going back, you have qigong. There's so many systems, right? You're like uh, there's there's qigong. There's uh, you know Tibetan yoga. There's as we mentioned like Kundalini and you know uh, the yogas of India. So um, what do you think about mixing them together? Because in your approach, it seems like you take different systems and sort of, you know, maybe maybe what are valuable, what could be good for health or for your mind, right? Do you see any value in uh, bringing them together or only practicing one? How, how do you see that? Because they are kind of different roadmaps, right? Like if you study Qigong, yeah. it's like the energy centers are different. The rotation of energy mm -hmm. is different versus Tumo versus another system. So maybe you can share a little bit about your uh, your view on that and practice on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's definitely benefit, and of course there's also like a danger as well um, or downside to it. So I think the benefit is um, no, actually let's start the other way around because it probably at the end will make more sense. Um, usually these systems are really embedded in their own philosophy and their own um, in-depth systems. So there it's uh, very important to not mix the philosophy too much or to do something different like every other day kind of, yeah? because this is just co confusing. And at the end, it doesn't make too much sense if one does everything a little bit. Mm, okay. Mm. The way I personally approach this is, uh, I usually stick really with the Vashrayama teachings mm -hmm. um, and take, for example, the Qigong side of things and uh, the, or the Indian breathing yoga more of on the physical level. Because okay. there's also the, the mental benefit to it, yeah? Mm -hmm. Like Qigong is definitely a meditation and movement. Yoga is amazing to uh, fix physical problems, posture problems, and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the, the thing is really, if one goes then with philosophy a lot, it's just hard also to go deep into many different things, yeah? Like yeah. It's like, like digging for gold, yeah? If we dig everywhere <laughs> on the meadow, we all have a lot of small holes, but never find the gold. But if we go at one place really deep, then uh, yeah, we eventually find the gold we're looking for. Mm -hmm. But as you mentioned, like uh, perhaps for physical ailments or for physical health, maybe doing something more like Hatha yoga, and, you know, the sort of stretching type physical yoga for other, you know, for, um, as you mentioned, more like clearing out your system using another kind of breath yoga, right? So taking yeah. different approaches for the different areas you're working on. You said? Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know much about Qigong. Actually, I did practice a little bit. Very. That's probably another thing I don't know that much about. Um, Qigong is more centered in Taoism, right? So uh, <laughs> for you personally, since uh, you, you practice Tibetan Buddhism, is there ever a conflict between the philosophies or any of these systems or do you see them more as sort of playing off each other 
complementary. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely uh, helpful to, to do both of them, but mm -hmm. it's again depending on one's personal needs. And I don't see much of a conflict. Yeah, of course, there's a huge difference also kind of in the uh, approach to it. Mm -hmm. mm, but also, I'm not very deep into the Taoism. I'm a lot into the, the pre exercises and kind of, um, yeah, if one is not combining that a lot with the Taoist philosophy, it's it's a definitely a neutral system because uh, mm. qi, qi is energy, gong is work. So it's really, it's working with the body's energy and um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the effect, the, the, uh, the, the energy, the physical energy work has is always there, no matter if Christian, Hindu or uh, Taoist. So sure. uh, it's definitely helping a lot also the, the Buddhist practice. And for example, also the Shaolin uh, are also Buddhists. Yeah, it's not the... Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not the Tibetan Buddhism, but it's uh, they are Buddhists and they also do the Qigong. So it's definitely um, very, very can be very helpful. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm curious. Uh, this is a question I ask on most of the podcasts. Like, what is your? Do you have a daily practice that you do every day, or is it more depending on your needs of that moment? You know, depending on the uh, what you're exploring in the moment. Is there is there certain things you're practicing regularly or daily? Oh yeah, definitely. So mm -hmm. since I started with all of that, like, so I do every day some type of breathing, okay. uh, some type of breathing exercise. And now, yeah, since uh, we learned the TUMO or started learning the TUMO uh, beginning of this year, it's every morning, one hour of TUMO. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow, wow. That's a, that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> that's good, that's good. And okay. I, one hour yeah. just, just doing TUMO or with like preliminaries and building up to it? No, no uh, preliminaries included, yeah. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Also with work, it's too much. Uh, like then, uh, because uh, of course the preliminaries are very important, yeah, to have yes. the right. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, without Buddhi treat, uh, without refuge, there's no enlightenment. So right, that's what I was gonna say. It takes me just to get to the two more point. It takes me around uh, like forty-five minutes just to get to the point. Forty-five, fifty, maybe even, because I'm going through the guru yoga. I'm going through all the steps, you know. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, by the time I get to the tumor, I end up doing around uh, maybe like seven to 10 of the tumor breaths, seven, eight, maybe. And then by then I almost feel like it's, by then I'm like sweating and I can feel the intensity in my body, you know? So I don't really, I don't really feel like I need to do more of them or like forcing to do more. I just sit in meditation after that, you know? Yeah, it okay. sounds very good to yeah, really, really good. It's been very uh, beneficial for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. And a lot of more energy too, just more physical stamina, more physical energy as well. I've noticed. So very oh, good. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I think it's also one of the things why I appreciate the tumor very much that it's mm -hmm. uh, not only so effective in, the, in terms of getting meditation, meditative uh, insights yeah, or realization, sure. but uh, yeah, it's very good for oneself and also having this yantras. Yeah, the tsal, uh, yantras and salong is kind of the right. yantras are the physical movements. Uh, salong is like a general term also for it. So doing these uh, included in the tumor practice, I mean, I think for, for us Westerners, when we sit so much during the day, often, yeah, if you're not working physically, uh, we often sit a lot. It's just great yeah, to do that in the morning to move the body around. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's so, a great, yeah, great way to start the day for sure. <laughs> Yes, so a fresh start. Yeah, definitely. Um, are there any other areas or any other practices that you're currently exploring outside of, you know, maybe Timo and these practices? Are there any other um, areas of exploration or things you've been working on these days too? Um, 
I mean, currently, really, uh, the project of Lama Glen is, is big, and uh, <laughs> uh, it takes uh, both all the the time for, uh, but also all my fascination. And uh, yeah. so, yeah. every time there doesn't free, I also kind of still goes into that. Uh, but for the for the practice, yeah, for the uh, learning. Uh, also, I listen also myself to all the recordings. Yeah, uh, again after the session and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very yeah, very intensive course. Yeah, very, very good. Yeah. I've I've been a part of a lot of different courses, but I'd say this is definitely one of the best, if not the best, I've been a part of because it's just so in depth and you know there's so much uh, to practice every week and it's um and as you mentioned, like Lama Glenn, he worked with the Dalai Lama and the Dalai Lama's guru, so it's coming from a long tradition. It's not. It's basically probably the polar opposite of what you might find on YouTube. It's like, oh, this guy's like working and lived in, you know, Nepal and Tibet, spending mm -hmm. with the Dalai Lama and his gurus versus like somebody with like a quick two minute YouTube, you know, guided video yes. or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's very, um, I would say, very beneficial if anyone's interested in this. Are you, um, I forgot to mention, are you still taking, are people still able to join it or is the course? Uh, currently closed because we're on i think we're going into week is it six now uh yeah i should i think this saturday or yeah this next session will be week six yeah okay okay yeah. are people still able to join and wait or is it closed uh yeah actually it's still possible to join um we talked of lama glenn so we have a system like whoever comes late uh, gets access to the first uh, recordings and shall just do the practice a little bit shorter like three days each and okay. so that they can catch up and at some point uh, join us live okay cool all right so yeah it's still possible to sign up yeah. oh great okay so I'll, um you know later on i'll put that in the show notes we can uh we can put all the links for uh you know the course and things like that and I'm definitely seeing its praises, so I'm sure people will be interested. Um, yeah, definitely. Okay. How about uh, outside of you know Lama Glenn's course and the one you're working on? What uh, what are some other courses or things you offer? Because I saw on your website you had that Salon uh, course, you had your own courses that you offer as well. So maybe you can share a little bit about those as well. Yeah. Uh, so what what I do offer is one-on-one uh, -on -one training, personal training, also for corporations. Uh, to, to give guided sessions. And then, yeah, I have uh, two online courses and a platform. So the one course, a body-mind masterclass, I did with my girlfriend, Gosha, together. And, oh, cool, okay. Uh, so there we combine a little bit of psychology with the breath work, mm -hmm. uh, emotional work and breath work. Then I have the breath masterclasses, it's like six hours in-depth uh, breathing and how I learned it from uh, my Tsalung teacher, uh, Chumba. So he also he's even a, also a Tibetan and uh, mm -hmm. so there we have a, yeah uh, the Tibetan breathing and uh, the pranayama the Indian one combined. Oh so, okay. okay. Yeah, so this is uh, everything on the subject of breathing and uh, breath work. Yeah. And uh, I really yeah, think that that's the most important in my opinion. Is like you know, after studying all these different practices of different traditions, it really always comes back down to the breath, right? Like you're not able to breathe and sit still and center yourself and clear out your mind. Then really anything else you do is going to be scattered. It's not going to be as valuable, right? I think that that is, it always comes back to, are you breathing? Are you, you know, doing that, the, the basics, right? Coming back to the basics. So, which most people don't breathe properly. Most people are sort of out of line. They're breathing too shallowly. 
they don't know how to control their breath. They don't think about their breath, right? It's sort of not even an area of focus, right? So, yeah. And it's interesting, like, think about it. You can, if you cut off your breath, you're dead very quickly. But, you know, you have water, you can last days, months without food and water, probably, I don't know how long, maybe a week or two, but the breath is the more, the most vital aspect of life, right? And so, absolutely. Okay, okay so you do these, uh, you have the one-on-one -on -one courses and corporate courses, and then also you mentioned uh, mm -hmm. a master course, so that's kind of, um, is it like, a, like you log in and take the modules, like anybody can take it? Yes, anybody can take it uh, and uh, easy to access. Uh, also, there the, there is a platform where we also upload continuously new content. Oh. There's also like combined. There's some trigong. The, however, like now I'm also at the point like I teach a trigong more if people need to calm their mind. Yeah, people with stress, people with anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, also, when for example the Vashrayana, yeah, the the tantric practices are too complex. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, the trigong is a great great for. Uh, easy meditation yeah? it's meditation and movement so uh, mm -hmm. it's easy to go into mental depth without um, needing to think too much or to to learn a lot beforehand yeah like everyone can straight away go into some uh, mm -hmm. states of mind that are yeah more deep more relaxed yeah right qigong is more flowy too there's more movement and you know with a lot of like uh more of the tibetan or the hindu system it's more about sitting still and you know, controlling yourself. But with Qigong, you see, you know, I, I've only done it maybe a few times. It was really cool. I enjoyed it, but I'm just more experienced and more focused on other things, right? But uh, I thought it was cool. It's more flowy than perhaps uh, other systems, I thought. So I'm sure I'm sure it's a better match for certain types, as you mentioned, people with, you know, yeah. different uh, psychological or physical um, uh, tendencies, perhaps, right? Anxiety or what have you. Maybe they can't sit still. They're, you know, moving yeah. or something like that, uh, that Qigong would be probably a better match, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it sounds like you offer. Are there any other like future courses that you're working on or any any um, any courses you would like to offer in the future? Any like master plans? <laughs> yeah. Currently, um, there, there, there's no uh, no other projects planned as yeah, we are still now still week five of the 16 weeks program. Okay. Uh, also, yeah, there might be even that there might be an extension to that in the future. So mm -hmm. let's see where the lead us. And um, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's a very uh, good group. Uh, people seem very dedicated. So there could be another part round two, or you know, uh, yeah. second round advanced course, or who knows where it goes right from here. So yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so definitely. all energy goes into that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that. Um, uh, I guess people listening to this podcast, it might sound intimidating or advanced, but I would say that the teachings are broken down very simply, easy to understand. I, I wouldn't say anybody should necessarily be intimidated by it at all, because it's very, you, know, you get PDF files and recommended readings and lectures, and then even a, a lecture after a lecture where, where there's clarity on the previous yeah. lecture. You know, if you didn't understand this, we have the second video. So it breaks down the first video, so it's uh, very well organized and um I definitely recommend people to check it out for sure, you know, and there's a, I noticed there's a lot of different varieties of people. There's Buddhists taking it and, you know, different sorts of um, students. It's a pretty eclectic group, I would say. Well, definitely. Yeah, definitely cool. Okay. Where can uh, the listeners find you? Where, um, maybe like what websites? I actually checked out your YouTube. So maybe you can share uh, where can people find you on YouTube or 
you know, Facebook, what's the best way to find you? Um, yeah, definitely YouTube, Facebook, or just the website, jonasover.com. Okay. Uh, yeah, of course, people can sign up for the newsletter. Um, okay. But also, especially the current projects, I think would be Facebook even the best, yeah? To, okay. to look what is, what is on the page, what is being posted. Um, okay. Yeah. okay, that's an energy flow, right? Energy flow Facebook? Yes, exactly, yeah. Oh, and the, the URL is drawn as over energy flow. So okay. Okay, cool. pop up. Yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, I'll have all those links in the uh, description in the video. So uh, yeah, it was really, uh, really nice chatting and I'm really enjoying the course. You know, I'm very, uh, I mentioned it to a few friends. I think uh, early on when I first joined, one of my friends joined as well. So people have been uh, definitely excited to hear about it and check it out. So uh, yeah, definitely. I'll, uh, I'll have this video up here pretty soon. Is there anything else you'd like, any parting notes or any uh, any other things you'd like to mention? Um, I think, no, from my side, uh, mm -hmm. no open things. Uh, of course, uh, thanks for organizing the uh, podcast. And oh, for sure. For sure. And I, I would say this, I would say this, because you're offering this course and also your breathing courses. I think now with COVID-19, where people are very stressed, people are stuck at home, they're anxious, they're um, perhaps overwhelmed, you know, I think that it's the perfect time to maybe take a course like this with the 16-week course or even some other sort of breathing course because that can be it can really um once you learn how to breathe you learn how to control your emotions and your mind things become a lot less overwhelming and a lot more calm and happy and life becomes more of an enjoyable experience when you learn how to breathe so yeah i definitely recommend to uh, you know at least check out this course or maybe some other things you offer as a, as a sort of you know fundamental baseline so to keep even if oh, it's yeah. not for, even if it's not for enlightenment even for uh, keeping your sanity you know? so, yeah. <laughs> yeah very well put together uh, totally absolutely right sure okay. okay yeah thanks a lot for coming on and um we'll catch up with you soon for sure thank you very much ryan